0: Oh, you Something's Digimon. happening.
1: Yeah. What's happening with my Digimon?
0: Oh no. I don't know right where he am. Is
1: Agumon yelling at me that he shit himself? Yeah, probably. But I don't know where he is. Oh yeah, he's yelling at me that he shit himself.
0: <laughs> Just like a real kid.
1: Well, I'm clean up his shit for some reason.
0: <laughs> Are you gonna open that? Like the cold open or whatever? <laughs> and we clean up his shit for some reason. <laughs>
1: Figure it out later. Put him to bed, at least. In his poop? Next to his poop.
0: Next to his poop. Give him a little more respect, man.
1: That's where he chose to sleep.
0: (laughs) That's not his fault. He doesn't know any better. You haven't trained him that
1: far. Hello and welcome to a podcast most foul. I'm Jake
0: and I'm Anna join us as we let our cat navigate our basement
1: on a leash of course because we are very terrified of her getting into the crawl space.
0: because we've been able to hear her in other episodes we decided to bring her down well not we I thought it would be a good idea let us know if it wasn't
1: <laughs> so you may hear some jingles and that's just because she's being adorable. Alright, so uh, this week we are going over chapters 3, 4, and 5 of Artemis Fowl, the Arctic Incident. Uh, last time... No, we don't do a last time.
0: Do we do a last time? I don't think we ever have. Do you want to do a last time? No. Let us know if you would like us to do a recap.
1: A recap of the recap.
0: Of the podcast. Whoa! Over a book. I'm just kidding. I got confused.
1: So I guess we can just go ahead and jump right into it.
0: Okay, so we join Butler as he is kind of a little bit up in his feels about how he feels about Artemis, because he's been with Artemis since birth. His um, assignment started in the hospital in the maternity ward when Artemis decided to uh, curse us with his presence. Um, (laughs) He's been his constant guide and companion and how he's like the little brother he never had, and they've never been apart longer than a week until now because he's in boarding school for boys. Barnaby, is it Barnaby?
1: I don't remember the school's name. Oh fuck! We Here didn't write we that go. Down.
0: Shit. Okay, give me a second. I'm pretty sure it's Barnaby. Um, which makes me think it. Yeah, it's Bartley. Bartleby's? Bartleby. Bartleby's. Bartleby's. Saint Bartleby's.
1: I think it's Bartleby.
0: Bartleby. Well, I want it to be Barnaby, because then it makes me think of circuses and freak shows.
1: (laughs) And Artemis
0: is really a freak show in himself.
1: And uh, Butler is like, I know that a bodyguard shouldn't get close to their charge, as it can affect their judgment. But I just love the little shit. And uh, so he thinks about how he has been basically stuck at home um, with Artemis at boarding school. And he's getting real bored of just working out and hanging out by himself.
0: I mean, honestly, just the idea of working out is really boring to me. Um, So he's been trying to hang out with Artemis, even though he's not allowed to because he's in boarding school. They found his secret hideout. Um,
1: (laughs) He banned him from the premises. Yeah,
0: the gardener discovered his secret hideout, and then he was banned from the premises. (laughs)
1: Um, And so Butler pulls up to the school in his Bentley, um, and Artemis exits and gets in the car. And Butler can tell that uh, Artemis is upset, but uh, when he asks Artemis about it, Artemis just doesn't want to talk about it. He's like, nope, let's just get right to business. And so Butler pulls out, like, a portable computer, and he says that he's got uh, a video file from someone.
0: Concerning the Foul Star, which, if you remember in last time, that was the cliffhanger we got left on. The video is loaded on, is is an MPG file, and it, the video starts with just snow. And um, it's really weird because just with the view of just a snow-covered field, uh, Artemis gets, like, this ominous feeling. Just, his stomach drops. He's like, how can something so peaceful make me feel so
1: bad? The camera starts walking forward and pans over and there's something in the distance and it gets closer and you can tell that it's a man tied to a chair he's in rags of like an old expensive suit he his face is covered in scars he appears to be missing a leg
0: he's got a sign around his neck that says something in russian to the along the lines of
1: and i thought we could have a fun game right here where we try to pronounce this oh no and have no idea if we're right or wrong oh gosh so do you want to go first? Or you want me to?
0: the to meet soon.
1: The to soon.
0: Butler knows Russian and offers to translate.
1: Uh, he he picked it up from an espionage job that he did in the late eighties.
0: Um, but. No need to translate. Artemis knows that it means hello, son. Um, Butler asks if it could be him. Possibly be him. Um, Artie thinks that it is, but the picture quality is too low. Butler thinks about his uncle, who was on the Foul Star 2. Um, but it's quickly ruled out whether it's his uncle or not, because his body turned up at the morgue.
1: And so, um, Butler brings up, you know it's going to come next, right? It's going to be... There's going to be a ransom. And uh, he says that kidnappers very rarely turn over the kidnapped after getting paid. So Artemis is like, well, I'll have to come up with a plan.
0: This makes Butler nervous considering their last plan.
1: And, you know, I just thought of like a neat little parallel. He's like, kidnappers usually don't uh, part with their victims after getting the ransom. And she uh, shows like, Artemis isn't like the other kidnappers because he did.
0: But he also kept his ransom.
1: Yeah. Alright, so then we we cut to the lower elements where Holly is in a shoot terminal, just being a real Karen.
0: Okay, that was my line. (laughs) (laughs) So Holly decided to pull a double and come right after Artemis um, because where we left off last time. So let me know if you really want a recap or not. And it'll be me. I can do the recaps. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. Uh, Please don't put that responsibility on me. Okay, anyway, so Holly decided to pull a double, um, which makes me think that nobody asked her, so she's just, you know, she's extra. Um, The official on duty is annoyed that she decided to halt all traffic and take a priority pod, but she... The terminal employee is making this difficult for her because her clearance hasn't arrived yet. So...
1: She says, check your system again.
0: Which is very reminiscent of a Karen when her card declines at the store. And the error code is insufficient funds. And she's like, there's money in my account. And she's like, bitch, it's not my problem that your shit isn't in line. I'm just telling you what my system says and I have absolutely no control over it.
1: And uh, he's like, there's nothing I can do. And she's like, look here, mister. And he goes, that's Commandant Terrell.
0: Which is... You know, very apparent of Holly and how she's very full of herself, because I find it extremely disrespectful for her not to address him by his official title if she wants him to respect her authority as an
1: officer. She's like, this is a matter of national security, and we need to keep the shoots clear for a few hours. He's like, no way. I've got shoots coming in from Atlantis. We're way too busy right now to just shut everything down because somebody said so.
0: She's like, well, you're going to have to because we're bringing down humans. And if people see them, there will be a riot.
1: Then she decides to pull rank and says, uh, I'm a commander in the LEP. There's no way some rent-a-cop is going to get in my way.
0: And this is the problem (laughs) with the police system.
1: And this just makes him more determined not to cooperate. He's like, oh, yeah, just a -a rent-a-cop, huh? Well, fuck you, lady.
0: She basically pulls the, do you know who I am? And he's like, oh, I know who you are. You're the crazy girl captain who keeps stirring up trouble. Um, he says, the rules are the rules, and without the proper authorization, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to help you.
1: So she tells him to call the police plaza. And he's like, camp, the darn magma flares are acting up. The signal's going to be real weak. Maybe I can help you out after, uh, after I do a few rounds. You just have a seat over there and I'll call them in a little while for you.
0: Uh so Holly decides to threaten him.
1: <laughs> she pulls out her buzz baton and says that uh he is obstructing an LEP operation and that she has the authority to remove any obstructions. He says you wouldn't dare, but then she reminds him that she's that crazy girly captain and she might just do something crazy. So he says fine. Here's a 24 hour visa, but if you're not back in time, then you'll be placed under arrest, and I'll get to be the one who's making threats.
0: I mean, honestly, Holly's the worst, and uh, <laughs> I we can make a special podcast episode about how much I dislike her and all the reasons why. And then I can thank you for your time and thank you for coming to my presentation. So please let us know in our Discord server. If you would like that.
1: And then uh, back in Ireland, um, on the way back to Foul Manor, Artemis is bouncing ideas off of Butler, just kind of thinking out loud. He's like, is there a way to track the video file? Nope, To put a decay virus on it. I barely got it copied in time. Can we use the stars from the background of the video to determine the location? Not high enough to tell. I sent it to my friend at NASA and he couldn't uh, do anything.
0: How fast can we get to Russia?
1: Depends, legal or not legal.
0: They can't go by air, as every airstrip has Mafia present. Um, Are you sure that it's Mafia?
1: And Butler says that it has to be. All kidnappings done in Russia are done through the Mafia. And even if it was just common criminals who kidnapped him and are putting him up for ransom, they'd still have to run it by the Mafia first.
0: So they'll have to travel by sea.
1: They're uh, talking about what their cover will be. They decide to go as Stefan Bashkir and his uncle Constantine.
0: Um, a chess prodigy and his chaperone. One time when they used this cover, someone didn't believe them, so they challenged Artemis to chess, and he beat them in six moves, which honestly is pretty impressive. Um, when I was younger, my brother would make me go to the library with him, and he would make me play chess with him. And, I mean, I never won, except for, like, one time. And I'm impressed by six moves, but I'm just an amateur. But
1: And apparently... The move he used was so legendary and new that uh, it is now forever known as the Bashkir Maneuver.
0: So even um, though this is a facade, he's pretty committed to it, being (laughs) believable.
1: And uh, Butler's like, yeah, we can leave almost immediately. Your mom and Juliet are out of the country on a trip right now, so they won't even know that we're gone. But I want to return to the manor to pick up a few things. And Artemis is like, ooh, those are probably dangerous things.
0: My favorite kind of things. Um, so they take the exit to foul Manor.
1: And then we cut back to Holly. She has made her way to the surface. And she grabs a pair of... Uh, a new pair of wings called the Cowboy Double Dex Wings.
0: Holly's been trying to... Uh, Holly has been <laughs> dying to try them. Because Foley won't let her. Uh, because she thinks he is has something... Uh, along the lines of professional envy because he's actually not the one that designed them.
1: So she's flying towards Foul Manor and kind of in her head planning her attack. And she's like, if he was working with the goblins though, he could be expecting me, so I need to be prepared. So she looks up Foul Manor on her helmet and is greeted by a video warning that tells her all about how it's a very dangerous place and she shouldn't go there. And she's annoyed because it's delivered by Corporal Lily Frond. and She's like, Ugh. she's the bimbo face of the LEP. She's who they put in all the training videos and all of this and that. Because she was related to the old Elven King. I was prince. Like, I
0: thought it was Prince. Was it Prince? I thought it was the Prince. But uh, I don't know. I didn't take notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write that part in the notes, so.
0: But then... I'm just like, why not pick someone who has, like, you know, a traditional, like, appearance or whatever? To cut, you can cut this out if you want to. Um, but, like, why not pick somebody who is, like, stereotypically good for TV or whatever because it's something they can easily digest because Holly would be, like, the other female in LEP and she's scandalous.
1: Yeah. So after watching the video and setting her wings to autopilot, she eventually arrives um, the evening before um, Artemis got picked up by Butler. And then we uh, skip forward in time and uh, we see Butler and Artemis pull up to the uh, to the manor. And Butler kind of looks at Artemis and just for the first time in at least a while, maybe not first time ever, realizes how lonely Um, Artemis must be. Despite all of the employees and the uh, informants and stuff that he works with, he doesn't really have anybody to connect to or anybody his age. Nobody that he can relate to because he's just too darn smart and evil for everybody else.
0: (laughs) He's a gosh dang criminal.
1: Um, And so he's like, hey, maybe we should bring some of those fairy blasters with us that we took from uh, the last book.
0: Um, Artemis says, good idea, but let's disassemble them so they look like toys. Uh <laughs> in case they get caught.
1: I'm a chess prodigy who loves a good ray gun. Maybe they could put one of those like noise chips in it so they squeeze the trigger and it just goes, bee wee, 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 Uh they pull up to the house, and Butler asks Artemis if uh, there's anything that he wants him to grab for him.
0: And he just says, Bring me some caviar.
1: You'll never believe the Mush that they make us eat at that school. And Butler thinks to himself, I don't think I've ever heard of a 13-year-old who wants caviar.
0: Um, I don't know. I'm uncultured, so I've never had caviar, but...
1: I think I have at, like, a work event type thing, but I didn't realize that's what it was until later.
0: Did you like it?
1: I don't remember. I remember thinking it was interesting, though. I don't remember if I liked it or not. It was one of those foods that kind of lands, like, in the middle. Like, where you're not sure if you like it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Um so Holly spots them and she's getting ready. Um she starts to hover. <laughs> uh Butler gets out of the car and she like floats down to him, but uh something makes him Her tail is like hitting the microphone. It's gonna make it make like a boom sound. Something makes Butler pause and Holly's like, there's no way that he detected me. That's not possible. I'm shielded. So she lowers down and gets a little bit closer to him.
0: And he announces, fairy, I know you're there. Unshield, or I'll shoot randomly. Uh, which Foley decides to come into her helmet and say, you better comply. Because the Sig Saber, what was it called?
1: Sig Sauer.
0: Sig Sauer, my bad. Um, I'm not good with guns. And, um. Uh,
1: I only know of this gun because of Artemis Fell.
0: Oh, okay. Um, He says that one hit with that, not even magic will help her.
1: And uh, so she does eventually unshield and make eye contact with him. And he's like, ah, commander. And then she just instantly goes for the mesmer and is like, put your gun down.
0: He fights it.
1: And then she pushes harder.
0: He's still fighting it, harder than she's ever seen someone do.
1: Eventually, though, she wins and gets him to push it down. Um, and she kind of thought to herself, like, any harder and I probably would have melted his brain. <laughs> so then after she gets him to put the gun down, she orders him to go back to the car like nothing's wrong. And she turns her shield back on.
0: In the car, Artemis is emailing the principal of the school, pretending to be his mom.
1: She sa- he says that she is removing Artemis temporarily... And if he questions her, she'll call her lawyers.
0: Um, she's irritated by the incompetence, basically, of Dr. Poe. And when she gets irritated, she tends to seek her legal counsel. Um, so, basically, just fuck off. I'm taking my kid out of school. And if you bother me and ask me any questions about it, I will sue you.
1: Uh, so Butler gets back into the car at this point. And Artemis can immediately tell that she's there. And uh, he even says, like, ah, Commander Holly. Uh, you should go ahead and just remove your shield.
0: Is her name actually Commander Holly? Yeah, Commander Holly Short. Is that where, what's her nuts no. about the name? Oh, okay, it was just a coincidence? Yeah. Um, so how did you know I was there?
1: And Artemis goes, one, Butler did not conduct his usual bomb check under the car. Two, he returned without his things that he went to get from the house. Three, he left the door open a little bit longer than needed. And four, I noticed a slight haze as you entered. It's elementary, really.
0: Um, he guesses that she is there because humans are trading with the people.
1: She's like, oh, that would have been a really impressive guest if you weren't behind it.
0: Um, he says he really must have a few days to get his affairs in order.
1: And she's like, no, no, sorry, man. You're going in. I'm taking you for into custody.
0: And he said, all things considered, I guess I'm not surprised that you can't give me, allow me the opportunity to get my affairs in order.
1: She's like, yeah, you really shouldn't be surprised at all. So she mesmers Butler to drive and she puts Artemis to sleep because all of this conversating is giving her a headache. So on to chapter four, foul is fair.
0: Artemis wakes up in the LEP or interrogation room, and it's like any interrogation room. Nothing special.
1: Holly and Root are standing in front of him and demand that he starts talking. And He's like, really? This is it? I uh, kind of expected more. He asks if this is about the incident from last year, and they're like, no, this is something new. And then Foley comes out of the shadows with some kind of weird machine that looks like two little plungers.
0: He attaches the suction cups to Artemis' eyes, and he immediately falls asleep.
1: Foley explains that uh, the suction cups contain a sedative that enters through the pores.
0: Ain't I just the cleverest?
1: And Ruth's like, mm, you're pretty clever, but there's that cowboy pix- pixie. She's pretty sharp. And that, like, instantly pisses Foley off. <laughs> um, Foley gets, yeah, he gets mad. He's like, the LEP is using too much of her technology. We shouldn't be sourcing all of our tech just from one person. And Root's like, well, unless that person's you, right?
0: And then it's okay. (laughs) So, um, Root says Foley's basically just jelly.
1: Foley makes a point of noting that uh, Cowboy has recently upgraded all the LEP neutrino guns with chips that allow them to have three times the firepower and half the heat emissions. And uh, Foley says that she's only doing better than him because she does... She has a better budget than the LEP is willing to give him.
0: And he explains his new machine, the Retamager? Magger.
1: I think it's Ret Imager.
0: Ret Imager. Wow, thank you.
1: That's how I think it's pronounced, anyways. I oh, Well,
0: you know, Ret Imager. Yep, yeah, that separated into two words. What did I call it? Who cares? It was wrong. <laughs> Which basically makes it to where every image someone sees leaves leaves a tiny etching in their eyes and they can see everything that the human has ever seen. Mind wipes don't affect it either.
1: So they run a picture of a goblin through the machine and uh, no hits. Artemis has never seen a goblin before.
0: They run a picture of a soft-nosed laser gun and no hits.
1: So uh, as much as they hate to admit it, Fowl has to be innocent. There's no way that uh, he's ever seen either of those two things.
0: And surprisingly, there's nothing incriminating on his computer.
1: And uh, Root's like, well, have you tried it with the big one? Maybe was their go-between. But uh, Foley's like, no, nah, I tried him first. And same same thing.
0: Foley says that they should just mind wipe them and send them home.
1: Holly agrees, but then uh, Root is kind of thinking. He's got a little bit of a idea. Says, uh, well, you know, maybe he can help us.
0: Um, he's not happy about it either. But he thinks it could be ba- it's basically the best idea. There's more at stake here than your little vendetta, Holly.
1: Again, not a little vendetta, even though everybody but Holly kind of keeps trying to make it sound like it was nothing.
0: Like he didn't kidnap her, gaslighter and hold her for ransom.
1: Like anybody would be like super fucking traumatized by all of that.
0: I mean, and also, like, super pissed about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: seriously.
0: <laughs> Not only did you do all this shit to me, but you also got to keep the ransom. Yeah,
1: we didn't even get to have any revenge against you. You just got away with it scot-free.
0: Um, Fuck Root- you, kid. <laughs> Root orders Foley to make... Is it Foley or Foley?
1: Foley. Okay.
0: <laughs> Root orders Foley to wake him up and to fit him with a translator because Root has a headache because speaking Mudman... Gives him a headache, which kinda points out that Root's a little intolerant of other cultures. But that's just my opinion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, obviously, it's just because the fairy language is so much more sophisticated than our basic, stupid mudman language.
0: Okay. Um, so Artemis wakes up and feels a translator in his ear. Um, guesses immediately what it is, and asks how he can be of service.
1: <laughs> and Root's like, "What makes what makes you think that we need you?" Uh,
0: because if you didn't need me, I'd be home, and I'd have no memory of this.
1: And so then Artemis um, restates that he's pretty sure that they're taking him down because humans are trading with fairies, and then he guesses that uh, they need he and Butler's help to track them down.
0: And they're shocked to hear it from him, but say, yeah, basically, that's why you're still here.
1: So Root tells Foley to get Artemis up to speed. Um, Foley pulls out a monitor and kind of shows Artemis a news report. That um, talks about the the raid that they had the other day that we covered last episode. Um, it also mentions that the goblins have been torching um, the Cowboy Laboratories warehouses. And that many businesses are going under because they're being bullied by the Block Hill. And uh, that Cowboy Laboratories itself has been targeted super heavily. There's been six counts of sabotage in the past month alone.
0: Which... Is a little suspicious.
1: It says that uh, it says that Cowboy Laboratories just hasn't paid their protection money. Foley explains to Artemis that goblins are dumb. It's not an insult; they're just dumb. They have brains no bigger than rats.
0: But rats are really smart.
1: Not this smart. <laughs> um, and nobody knows who's organizing them. They say that uh, the Hell have basically graduated from being a petty gang to all-out war against the LEP.
0: Um, so Artemis asks, couldn't they just be stealing the batteries from the warehouses?
1: And uh, Foley kind of chuckles, and he's like, no. You see, goblins are so dumb. Uh, for example, one of their generals, their top dogs, their people most in charge, one of their smartest, um, got caught using stolen human credit cards. Because he signed with his actual goblin name in Gnomish.
0: I mean, but honestly, to their defense, nobody looks at credit card signatures, so I don't blame them. (laughs) When I sign for my credit card, I just put a little squiggle.
1: And uh, so, Root Root (laughs) chimes in. He says, basically, we can't have any operatives above ground. But the two of you, you and Butler, you can blend in.
0: Artemis says he'll help them, but for a price.
1: He's like, I need transport to Russia, to the Arctic Circle in particular.
0: And Root's like, the fuck for?
1: He's like, I'm on a rescue mission to save somebody, and if you must know, that somebody is my father.
0: Root says, deal.
1: And Holly um, notes that she even felt a little sentimental for him and like, oh, he almost seems sincere. Um... But then she asks Roots, so what do you want me to do? And he's like, oh, you? You're going to be their pilot. <laughs> Dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, which brings us to chapter five.
1: Daddy's girl.
0: Ugh. <laughs> 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 so we are, rejoined at Cowboy.
1: Yeah, Cowboy. Cool
0: Cowboy Laboratories. Cowboy Labs is a giant building with super beefed up security, specifically beefed up because of all the Boaquel. Boa. Bois. kel Yep. Attacks any goblins attempting to invade would be shot with DNA encoded stun cannons, but the sand cannons, the but the <laughs> cannons weren't meant for the goblins; they were for the LEP. Opal Cowboy is actually one of the, the one funding and commanding the Goblin Triad, which is really funny. Um. To me, because it's not Artemis. There's more than one bad guy. Didn't even see that one coming. Um,
1: so all of the attacks on the cowboy laboratories, buildings, and warehouses, they're all just a smokescreen, so she wouldn't seem suspicious.
0: But why would someone so rich and powerful want to work with the Goblin Tunnel Gang?
1: She kind of reminisces about her past. Um, since her birth, nothing had really ever been expected to her. She was born into old money.
0: And she's basically just expected to be the pretty rich girl.
1: Her father was incredibly wealthy, and he just wanted her to be quiet, make no waves, and marry somebody rich as well.
0: But, uh, much to his disappointment, she's too independent and too intelligent for that. Her father was super sexist and said to leave the business to the male pixies. Opal went to college and joined the Brotherhood of Master Engineer.
1: And then, uh, eventually after she graduated, she... Set up her own shop, and it was in direct competition to her father's. She ran her father's business to the ground, and as soon as the stocks were basically worthless, she bought them all up and incorporated it into her company.
0: Which, I mean, serves him right for being a sexist pig. Seriously. (laughs) Okay. Within five years, she had gained more defense contracts than any other company.
1: Within ten years... She had gotten more patents than any other fairy alive, other than Foley, of course.
0: But that wasn't enough. She wanted more power, like a monarch. Luckily, she had an in with the LEP.
1: Briar Cudgeon. Briar despises the LEP. He's been stripped of his commander's acorns after that whole Artemis Fowl affair. And uh, he was already planning to topple the LEP when she found him.
0: He just needed the funding, and she obviously had that. Um...
1: So we hop back to the present, and Opal is in her office, curled up cat-like in her hover chair. She uh, tells Cudgeon that uh, they lost the they lost the last shipments of power cells to the LEP, but luckily they were just disguised as simple AA batteries.
0: Um, which I was like, "Damn, uh, she thought of everything."
1: But. But those darn goblins were using the soft nose lasers that they were specifically told not to use. (laughs) So now Julius definitely knows something's up. But Opal says it doesn't matter. Because he and the LEP are powerless to stop them. Their plan's already gone too far.
0: And this is where we learn that Opal has cameras installed all over the police plaza.
1: When she was putting in those upgrades to their defense system and all the other techs, she just kind of boop, 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 just hid those all over the place. And so she's been spying on everything that uh, everything that Root and Holly and Artemis and Foley were up to just now.
0: Um, Cudgeon says they should have just built the batteries themselves.
1: And Opal says no, that would have set us back at least two years. And Foley would be more likely to detect it if we had our own production facility.
0: And here we change a little, uh, our focus a little, and we get informed that Cudgeon... He doesn't look too good. He actually looks like shit. Um, She starts to wonder if he's been using the ointment she gave him. Uh, We learn that he has been bubbled with horrific lumps. When Root trained him, it reacted badly with some drugs he had been taking. I mean, experiment at your own cost, guys. Just make sure (laughs) that it doesn't impact um, your outside life and do it in a safe standing. Just kidding. Don't do drugs, guys. Um, Opal... (laughs) Okay, hold on. Kudjin was left with a forehead-like melted tar plus a droopy eye. Opal says she can barely stand to look at him.
1: But she forgets that he isn't just some lackey that she can talk to however she wants. He uh, pulls out one of uh, his laser pistols and shoots her hover chair a couple times and it crashes to the ground. And he gets up real nice and close he says, well, you better get used to looking at me.
0: Um, Opal wasn't used to this level of disrespect and was scared by the look in his eyes.
1: But then, just like that, he was back to normal, kind and helping her up.
0: He asked for a proper support.
1: And she tells him that uh, Artemis Fowl is here and he's being escorted by Holly at the moment. And Cudgeon is like, oh, great. Our human slave, Luke Carrer will take care of him.
0: Dude has been so mesmered that his brain is jelly. So if that he... sound was our cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if he gets caught um, trying to interfere and in doing basically whatever they command him to, he won't be able to tell them anything anyways because he's been mesmerized over and over and over again that his brain is not useful.
0: And then when they're done with him, the French police will have a nice padded cell for him. And Opal laughs. For someone who never smiled, Cudgeon had a delicious sense of humor. Fucked up. And that is the end of chapter... Five. Five. Daddy's
1: Girl. Oh,
0: oh my god, that's disgusting.
1: So, yeah, do you have any predictions for next time?
0: Um, so, they're gonna find out that it's Opal, but maybe not in this book. Next book. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So, it'll just be like, what the fuck is this shit? Angeline is going to find out that Artemis lied about going to school, but she's not going to do anything about it because she has some shopping to do.
1: And, uh, we didn't say earlier, Artemis basically has eight days until Angeline returns. So, that might, uh... Have, like, a time limit thing kind of in the later half of the book.
0: Okay, so are you giving me some spoilers?
1: No, I'm just... I don't remember this book, like, at all. Because I haven't read it since I was, like, 12. So, I'm also kind of making predictions.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I remember the basic plot beats. But, uh, some of the small stuff I've totally forgotten.
0: Okay, Butler's eventually going to become immune to Mesmer.
1: Ooh, that
0: would be cool. Uh, So by your ooh, it makes me think that that prediction's wrong.
1: I'm a good actor.
0: No, you're not. Yeah, I am. Whatever. (laughs) You don't know bad acting when you see it. Hence why you've never seen a bad movie.
1: But I know that I am a good actor. (laughs) Oh
0: my God. (laughs) Cudgeon is going to betray Opal. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. She underestimates him. That's my prediction.
1: Okay. I like that one.
0: Okay, great. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel a little more confident in my predictions.
1: So, do you have a hell yeah?
0: I actually do. So remember in last week's... Last week, Haha, <laughs> that's funny. That shows that we have a contingent timeline. <laughs> um, So in our last episode, I talked about how... I had a shiny Pokemon and how I was really excited about it and how I didn't even realize that it was a shiny Pokemon and I didn't know that it was special or anything. So, today, I'd like to tell you that I'm the proud Pokemon trainer of not one, not two, but three shiny Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, snap! <laughs> yeah. So, um... You know I got a second one, but you didn't know that I got the third one. I didn't. Yeah, I was pretty excited.
1: What did you get? <laughs> I got a grimer. Ooh, what's it look like? Oh, uh, yeah,
0: it's uh, green. Oh. Yeah. So, to answer your question, they don't show up as anything special. It's until you click on it that it's shiny. Okay. Um and it like is suddenly a different fucking color. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? That's awesome. Yeah. I'm
1: really happy for you. Uh, yeah. But
0: anyway, so I was talking to my coworker about Pokemon Go and how I really, really love Pokemon Go. Um, and I told him about how I had a shiny Pokemon and I was all excited about it. He pulls open his Pokemon Go app and this person has 38 shiny Pokemon. Fuck you. <laughs> Two of which... No, okay, so he had like three of this Pokemon, but two of which were shiny. And he had three Blastoise. One shiny was normal shiny, and then the other shiny one had sunglasses on it from the Squirrel event.
1: Motherfucker. I
0: was like, what the fuck? That is so cool. Anyway, so I'm pulling up my Grimer. But he wasn't very strong. He... He only had like a CP of 17, which I mean honestly. It's a shiny pokémon.
1: Yeah.
0: Um See, he's green. Ooh, I like him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um and I'm officially out of pokéballs. Very upset about that. Oh. It's fine. It's fine. And Jake and I just became friends on Pokémon Go
1: yeah on it accepted my friend,
0: Rikoyas. <laughs> he's only my only friend on Pokemon go so that's my <laughs> hell, yeah
1: so for my hell yeah i um starting kind of last year with the the new twenty twenty digimon adventure anime, I have reawakened my my middle school love of the digimon, the digital monsters the Digimon are our champions. And um, I got the like Digimon game for the Switch, and it's really awesome. And uh, today, Anna went to the store, and I was just sitting at home, you know, like watching, watching Gundam for our other podcast that I do, and then uh, she comes downstairs and was like, hey, I got you something. And she got me a Digivice. She got me a little Digivice with, uh, you know, like the little, basically Tamagotchi Digimon, and, um, I was like, ooh, I hope it's Agumon. Agumon's my favorite Digimon, and I, I opened it up, and it's Koromon, and Koromon digivolves into Agumon, and so I am super pumped about that. And so, it's still a Koromon, but it's going to be an Agumon, hopefully. There are possibly other things that Koromon can digivolve into, uh, in some of the games, but I think with the Digivices they keep it pretty straightforward. So I want to have an Agumon, and then I hope it never Digivolves again. It'll probably eventually turn into Greymon, but I don't care about Greymon. I only care about Agumon.
0: Um. So, can you kill it though? Like if you ignore it.
1: I hope not, but probably.
0: Did you read the directions? There wasn't one. What? Yeah. Anyway, so now I'm like really scared that you're gonna forget about it and it's gonna die and you're gonna be really sad can you revive it like can you just start over from round one like if you don't like the choices that you made and co- like
1: i think if the digimon dies then you have to get a new egg and you get a new digimon
0: so does it provide you with a new egg or yeah, do you yeah. okay i'm like or do you have to buy another one?
1: Oh no 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 it, you'll get a new egg okay <laughs> so that's my hell yeah
0: nice <laughs> um, my second hell yeah is that the, Ooh, s- bonus round. the sun came out and I was so excited.
1: <laughs> it's no and, longer nighttime when we get off work.
0: Oh no, but also like, it's been really dark because of all the snow we've gotten. Um, so, uh, that's why I'm like, oh my God, the sun's out and the snow's melting. I'm so happy. The lines to the car wash. We're insane.
1: I was actually, um, the other day when I went out to do, or go get dog food on my way home from work, I was going to pull into the car wash to like surprise you and, uh, the lines were out to the street. So I was just like, mm, nope, never mind. We'll do that some other time. <laughs> uh,
0: so I have a subscription to a car wash so I can, uh you know, get car washes whenever, you know, just run my truck through there real fast. Except I'm going to probably cancel my subscription because putting my vehicle in neutral is just very scary and it makes me really anxious. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to run through there real quick because my truck is really dirty. And um, uh, now there was a line in, to, in the street, like not to the street in the street that's whack and there was two lines not one but two
1: <laughs> yeah it's not worth waiting that long
0: yeah I was like I guess my car's is gonna be dirty a little bit longer it's gonna be okay <laughs> <laughs> except my favorite color to wear is black so all that dirt is getting on my pants so I had to make sure it like dust off
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Podcast Most Fel. And if you want to join our Discord, you can find a link there or find a link in the show notes. We're also a member of the Stony Grotto Podcast Network, and there's a link to their Discord server in the show notes as well. If you'd like to find the artist who made our cover art, you can follow them on Twitter at jwxart or on Instagram at j.wx.art. You should check them out, their art is fantastic. And our intro and outro music is used under Creative Commons by the artist Springtide from the Free Music Archive. Uh, You can find them on the Free Music Archive, and their stuff is also on Spotify. And honestly, I I started using their music because it just sounded cool, but now I've just been listening to it a lot because it's awesome. After all that, I think I'm forgetting something.
0: Out of the 23 Dr. Pepper flavors, the most prominent one is Prune Juice.
1: Ugh, that's foul.